1: 18 plus. That's it. There's a new member
2: of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas.
0: (laughs) Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock, because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship.
2: Welcome, one. Welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy. I'll be sure. And uh, Twitter's a blur. Social media is a blur because not because of a football game that happened Saturday. And we're going to, we're going to talk all about that. Uh, but basically the guy that I think everybody on Texas tech universe thought was going to be the head coach and Jeff trailer has signed a massive extension to stay at UTSA and sure. Texas tech could beat the per year salary that he's getting at UTSA. I don't think that's too much of an issue. I think to me, the biggest issue is a $7.5 million buyout. Uh, and it's also his way of saying no, no, to all potential suitors uh, so first things first let's start out talking about that so I got my right-hand man Dylan Smythe with me Dylan give me your first impression of that
0: well just when you thought that uh, Texas Tech's efforts going into halftime on Saturday was the worst thing you'd see this weekend Sunday strikes um, yeah I, I, Jeff Trailer was by number one number one choice in, in that contract to me means he's off the table
2: well, so we also got Jeremy Gillen on the pod. What, Jeremy, what is your reaction to trailer signing that extension?
1: Uh, Good grief, man. I, I don't uh, – 10 years. That's a long time Uh, for to be at UTSA. And I understand that, like, you know, coming to UTSA, he's how many years there now? Not that many. Year. It's yeah, only a second year. Yeah, not that many. Yeah. And so you, you think, like, okay, for a coach like this who's having this much success, the longer you stay – at that level, like the longer you stay at UTSA, really, it can only get worse, um, because you know you're gonna be out. You're gonna be out recruiting wise, of course. Like it, you, you're not gonna create like this power program that's gonna go and compete at UTSA. Like there is a ceiling at a certain point, and so while he's got the hot hand of having this tremendous season and all eyes are on him, signing that really long extension. Uh, may have been, in my opinion, for a head coach who's looking to like go to the next level, uh, not a good, not a good choice. I do appreciate the loyalty, like I think that's awesome. He definitely has made it clear, like, hey, I love being here. Uh, there's a reason I want to be at this program. So great for UTSA fans, uh, but for his dreams, I think as his 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 trajectory goes, it, it might have been a little bit of a handicap.
2: I mean, I think that's a great. Uh Insight, because also I also think of I would be wary of like the Seth Luttrell thing, right? Seth Luttrell three years ago was one of the hottest group of five coaches out there. Everybody wanted him, including us. We talked about Seth Luttrell for the Texas Tech job. He was a candidate for that. It seemed like he had the Kansas State job in hand, and he decided to go against it because they weren't willing to pony up the assistant coaching salary. Which that's that's all fine and dandy, and that's great for him. But now three years later, he's about a month away from getting fired, right at North Texas. So. I, I agree with you, Jeremy, in the fact that this is all great. We love the loyalty. I mean, especially as a fan base that we've already – we've just gotten absolutely clipped on the basketball program for a guy that wasn't loyal. Um, love the loyalty, but it's also at the same time, you see your second year there, it's a long contract, and it's a long time for also them to be dissatisfied. So, yeah, it's definitely questionable, but it does – I mean, it essentially takes them off the table, in my opinion, for every school except for Texas a and or as far as in the state. Right, like no, TCU, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. TCU just and Gary Patterson just parted ways. They're not paying a $7.5 million buyout either. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's very interesting that he was willing to do such a thing um, or to sign that contract. But again, he basically not just said no to Texas Tech. He said no to all potential suitors outside of really maybe 10 to 15 programs in the entire country. So the other news that I kind of led to Gary Patterson out as the head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, the worst kept secret was that this was likely to be Gary Patterson's last year. And it seemed like TCU uh, admin came to him and was like, hey, man, can you coach the rest of the year? We're going to fire you. And he said, no, screw y'all. I am leaving now. So that puts another wrinkle in the Tex Tex coaching search because let's face it, we're going to be going after the same guys. Um, what do you think about this Dylan Gary Patterson out as the head coach of the TCU warm
0: well first of all they they said they were gonna give him let him coach till the end of the year and then transition him into a like office role uh, so that seemed like if you're Gary Patterson and you know you wanted to continue coaching and they offer you that and they know that you want to continue like coaching whether it be anywhere at TCU or some other school that's a slap in the face so uh I, Good for Gary Patterson for just saying, uh, no, I'm good. See ya.
2: They Mac Brown. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. they tried to they try to Brown. Yeah,
0: him. and and yeah, he, he he didn't want any part of that. And uh yeah, it, it is a bummer though, because I don't know if you mentioned it, but their top candidate is Sonny Dykes. And uh that seems to be our top candidate as of right now, too. Um
2: Sonny Dykes has every reason to come to to, to, to tech. He has every reason to go to TCU. He has every reason to stay at SMU. Like I think he has a lot of options here, and he doesn't have any wrong answers. There's a lot of emotional ties to Texas Tech, obviously with his dad. But even if you take away the fact that his dad was a legendary coach here, I mean, he grew up in West Texas. Grew, up, went to high school in Lubbock, graduated from Texas Tech, was on the baseball team. Funny enough, graduated, but graduated from Texas Tech. Coached at Texas Tech as a football coach. Um, is loves, you know, he loves West Texas. That being said, he loves Dallas. Absolutely loves Dallas. Has had success at SMU. Has had a great time at SMU. And then at the same time, he could have that same fun, that same, and wouldn't really have to move if he transitioned to TCU. So, like, there's there's no wrong answer here
0: for Sir Sunny. Yeah, I mean, there's opinion. a world where he he could take the TCU job and his family doesn't have to move. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a promotion without doing anything. So I I think anything he chooses is right. If he stays at SMU, it makes sense. Goes to TCU, makes sense. Goes to Texas Tech, makes sense. But now there's that added wrinkle. And from everything that I've heard, one of the reasons they wanted to make this move now was so we could go after Sonny Dykes, knowing that Texas Tech has wanna, wanted to go after him. Jeremy, what do you think about uh, Gary Patterson being out?
1: Hey, man, what, what an interesting choice. Like that, I understand that right now they're having a not good season. But what has Gary Patterson what Gary Patterson has done for TCU since he got there in 2005 is tremendous. There's a reason they built a statue for him on campus. And for me, first of all, never build a statue of a coach that is currently coaching. Like mm. for, for, yeah. this is the exact reason why you don't do that. Um but I mean, remember him coming from the Mountain West Conference and bringing uh actually from actually started back in No, I, TCU's bounced around a couple of conferences. But have moved up like he has taken them um, from conference titles, conference titles, conference titles, all these bowl game wins over big teams. Um, And then getting to this point where they're in the Big 12. I mean, back in 2014, they were tied for first. Like he's had really good seasons um, and he's had average seasons. But I feel like for TCU to fire Gary Patterson is, is interesting to me. Um, it's no surprise that they would want sunny dogs because in their backyard there's a program that in, probably in their mind has less resources and is doing a lot better uh it, it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario and we were talking about it earlier today kind of crappy for tech because now tech becomes the number 2 job uh for in, available in the Big 12 and like instead of like oh this is the job you can get it's like oh you can have this or TCU and it starts to stack up not in our I'm favor I'm
0: curious cuz we were about we were thinking about having this discussion but Jeremy just gave us his answer. He thinks TCU is the better job than Texas Tech. <laughs> I don't no, you just said that That's the, my bias.
1: <laughs> no, because I tried to def- I was like, "Well, you think that T-? we were talking earlier people." Oh, so no, let, let's like, talk uh, well, Texas- let's talk about this. Go so ahead. Jeremy,
2: do do you think the Texas the TCU is a better program?
1: Or or a better, better job a better job or at a better, this better moment. Better
2: job, better job at this moment, yeah.
1: At this moment, yes, absolutely. Dylan, it's not what a are cycle you? It's not a cycle of coaches. It's one coach that's coming off of a long tenure.
2: But that could be harder. Success. That could be tougher.
0: I, 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 would, I would agree that it's a better job at this moment. I mean, it, more talent is coming out of DFW than it is West Texas. It, it's unfortunate to say, but it's the truth.
2: Well, I mean, I will say this: like the most of the team is from the DFW, so like Texas Tech is also fighting for those same, right? Uh, those same recruits. Um, to me, and I said this in pre pod, it it or, it or in our chat. To me, TCU is absolutely the better job. If it's me, I'm I'm a Texas Tech alum. I love Texas Tech. If I was a coaching candidate and I had to choose between tech as a grown man, I had to choose between Texas Tech and TCU. I would choose TCU, and the main reason is because. You know, we, before we even get to the, the elephant in the room that we everybody likes to talk about, is their facility. there's not a big gap in facilities. I mean, there's an argument. You could argue Texas better, but TCU is also really nice, really good facilities. They invest in their football program. They don't invest in any other sport, but they invest in football, right? They, their facilities are nice. They, they They have everything that's there. The talent on roster right now is consistently better. Right, I, I we've been talking about this past season how this is probably the most talented Texas Tech team we've seen since twenty sixteen. TCU, the talent they have at TCU is, a, I mean, that they have this year is, is on paper probably about the same. And this is one of the worst, most, least talented teams they've had in a while. Right, you're consistently going to get pretty good talent to come come over to TCU as, since they've been in the Big Twelve. And then the elephant in the room is that I, I personally would rather live in Fort Worth as a grown man than Lubbock. I love, I will fight to the death that. From 18 to 23, Lubbock is one of the best cities to be in. Maybe even like that there is. like I loved Lubbock when I was there as a, as a Ute, right? But as a grown man, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather live in DFW. I'd rather live in DFW. It's one of the reasons why Kelvin Sampson out in the University of Houston, he's not going anywhere because he loves Houston, right? Is Texas Tech like a better job in, this, in the University of Houston? Yes. Or it has been anyway. But the city of Houston is a better city to live in than Lubbock, Texas. Uh, or a lot of people would feel that way. I don't think, I know some West Texans would, would Texans would, uh, some West Texans would, Texan residents would disagree with that statement. But, uh, but me personally, yeah, that's what makes TCU a better job. And I think a lot of people would feel the same way. Listen, Sonny Dyke grew up in West Texas, but he loves Dallas. Why? Because Dallas is a great city. So it's, uh, that's really the difference there. So that's to me, TCU is, is the better job. Now, that being said, I still disagree that Lubbock is this podunk town that it's hard to get recruits out to or how to, how to get the recruits to commit there. I disagree with that aspect, but as a grown person saying, Hey, are you willing to spend, move your entire family out there for Lord knows how long it's going to be hard to compete with Fort Worth or Dallas for that.
0: I think the best selling point we have right now is the the investment we just made the the new Womble for football. So yeah, it's probably the best thing we have going Absolutely. for us right now as a program. For, facilities
2: is going to be what's going to help you going forward and selling you. But like I said, even if you think tech facilities are better than TCU, it's really not that big of a gap.
1: Well, ahead, it's something you, we, you, you brought it up and it's something I was talking to somebody, uh, to another person about um, the idea of coming into a program that has not had sustained success in a long time. And I remember i was telling i was telling this person that i think it's a really good job to t- like something that makes tech appealing to coaches who are trying to elevate their resume is if you can come to texas tech and win that like the more coaches basically the more coaches that come through this carousel of coaches at texas tech and they like cannot sustain winning like it's like a graveyard and to be that coach, like there's there is an alluring factor of being that coach that can come into a place like Texas Tech that people have constantly dumped on for a number of different facets, um, both athletically and otherwise, and to have success at a program and place like here, that will like your resume will be elevated to a place like it's a rocket ship, man. Um, so there, it, it, but that takes a special kind of coach to see that and have that like risky. I bet I can go out there and do that. Uh I just think that like there is a there's a coach out there who is wants to risk it and has the like has the accoutrement to like actually coach, right? And so like that's you know it's there, we just have to find it, right?
2: Well, there is a coach that's done it before and he still <laughs> thinks he can do it again. Bring on the pirate, baby. <laughs> Mike, let me tell you something. Mike came back and made this a winning program again. I, you forget what you said earlier. Build him a statue once a, while he's oh, shit, coaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the statue needs to be oh, worth man, a, a is...
0: million dollars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, no, it's it's uh, uh. If Mike Leach, I will say this: We talk. About, I I just made a, com- a comment about you know coaches and and uh, who loves certain places, et cetera, et cetera. I'm pretty sure Mike Leach still has his house in Lubbock. Like he loved living in Lubbock. Truly did, truly loved living and loving. Still comes back very frequently. I'm just, hey, you know, it's uh, um, uh, the first time three years ago when it, his name came up, I was like, ah, that's not real. But it came up, it's come up again, and so I'm like, you know what?
1: How real It is would this be the bir- biggest unifying thing for Texas Tech?
0: <laughs> in its history, legitimately, oh my God, wow! You know, if we strike out, I joke about it, and we're still kind of joking about it. But if we strike out on like our next three candidates, why not? At that point, people are going to su- su- suggest we hire. Hey, listen, the devil, but no, I ain't gonna. Li- I ain't gonna lie to
2: you. If if Leach is legitimately interested, like seriously interested, and is willing to leave, forget all the other candidates. That's who I want, F it,
1: bro. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like at this point. If no trailer, no Dykes. Forget all the other candidates. If he's legitimately interested, and, it, and we say, "Hey, we'll give you, you know, four million or however much." Uh, I don't even know how much he's making at Mississippi State right now. But if that's if that's real, f- forget all. So the he's
0: playing C back, for breaks you. Breaks the curse. He was option C. He's, yeah,
2: I, I wanted. I wanted trailer. I wanted. I wanted. I still want Dykes. Yeah. he's still my number one. Um, leech or trailer is my number two. But if, if those two strike out. Go ahead and bring him home, baby. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, other names that we talked about pre pod, uh, I've really started to get on the Joe McGuire train. I know that there were some talks that maybe he'd become the DC if we were to get trailer or something like that. Um, but he look, he's a good good coach. He was he went through two rebuilds at Baylor. Um, he knows what success is. He uh, was he, uh, he's the reason Cedar Hill is who they are in in Texas or as far as uh, high school football is concerned. Go, I mean, Joe McGuire to me becomes the guy. If you ask me, uh, Kendall browse and Jeff Lebby are two names we're gonna start to hear. And I think they're—we're not gonna talk about Kendall's dad because that's just—it's not realistic. It, honestly, it's—it's truly—it's not gonna happen. I, I'm so very confident in that. Uh, but I do think that Kendall and, and Jeff Lebby, who Kendall Brows is his son, Jeff Lebby's his son-in-law, were all at Baylor during that time. Those are two names that I I legitimately think are names we're going to start to hear, and I think they. I I don't think it's impossible either one of those two guys get hired. Actually, I think it's the more names we strike out on, it's more becomes more and more likely. Um, so those those are definitely possible. Uh, Any other names that y'all can think of?
0: Those are realistic scenarios, but uh, oh man, I I know I think Jeremy mentioned Billy Napier once upon a time. Um. (laughs) <laughs> that that's looking like a potentially r- realistic option. No,
2: that's yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's real.
1: That's real.
0: Um, what about?
1: Uh, yeah, man, I love they love them, raging Cajuns. Um, there was a spark that was immediately just like Dana Holgerson. What's up with that? So it's funny you
2: say that. Uh,
1: Please enlighten us I, with you your know, wisdom.
2: Well, I haven't heard anything recently, but when the job first came available, I did. There was a bug that said that he may still be interested. Uh, again, a lot of people say why, and I completely understand. I don't I don't see why he'd be interested, to be honest. Uh, or like, I don't see why a coach of the Houston Cougars that are about to go to the Big 12 would be interested, but I do see why Dana would be. Again, similar to Sonny Dykes, a lot of emotional attachment there. Uh, coach in West Texas loves West Texas wanted the job when he was at West Virginia, right? Like, dream job scenario. Um, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But but again, it comes to, like, if you're the coach of the Houston Cougars that are about to be in the Big 12 here in about a year or two, why would you do it?
1: Right. And you're, ha- you're sitting 7-1. You're first in the AAC. I mean – it's rolling for wonder, him in Houston.
2: I wonder who that one is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst one they could probably have. Well, I'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather call Bob Stoops <clears throat> than hire Dana Holgerson. You know, just, so Bob Stoops just is a great a name. name. See what? See what's up? So,
2: I had I had heard a rumor three years ago that Bob Stoops was interested in the Texas Tech job, or I won't say interested, but was willing to take the call on the Texas Tech job. That's a rumor that I'd heard. I didn't really pry too much into it, uh, but today actually that rumor weirded its ugly head again, and so um, I I don't know I don't know I'm not dropping anything I'm just saying you know some of the um, yeah you know, uh, uh, just saying some of the things that I've seen on on what, or what I've been told and things of that nature so it'd be interesting it'd be very interesting to see if Bob Susan would be willing to do it I'm again he's another name that I'd be I'd be uh, all for if it's legitimate I still don't know how legitimate it is but I'd be all for it. Uh, but guys, there was a football game on Saturday. Ah. <laughs> as we are now what almost twenty minutes into the podcast and I haven't even mentioned it, uh, we—I mean, it's—it's it's what it's what people come here for. We got to talk about it. Uh, Texas Tech got blown out once again to the Oklahoma Sooners, but this time well, it's not that surprising, right? They lost by thirty-one. Shout out to them for not getting having the biggest blood of the year, I guess. Uh, what did you think about Sunny Eric, head coach Sonny Company in his first game as the interim head coach?
1: So I, I I think I and a lot of people expected game plan aggressiveness to look a lot different. Just I I think people expected it to look a lot different, but it felt very similar style of play. Now there certainly weren't. Um, I I can't really say that it was such a long game for so many reasons, but it felt like you know it. Not that we went out there with like this, we have nothing to lose. Let's just throw it deep, throw it deep, throw it deep. And we had some really good passes throughout the game. Uh, but the game plan, I, I just don't feel like it was inspired for sure in the way that I think we were trying to be led towards. Like, okay, you know, we're transitioning to Sonny Dykes' room. Sonny Dykes' big Texas Tech guy. Sonny Dykes. Sonny Cumbie. Um, big Texas Tech guy. Here to win it. Maybe we'll pull the off the upset. Uh, there's a reason that Oklahoma is number four. Uh, there's a reason they're 9-0. and and there's multiple games in there that they should have lost, but they didn't because they're a good team led by a good coach. Um, we had no business. We did. We weren't even in this game, right? So getting a touchdown in the first third and fourth quarters uh, makes the stat, like makes you know, 21 points, I guess, but it was really hard earned, um, especially when OU doubled that literally. <laughs> like every quarter doubled our doubled our output there. So, I mean, you know, it's for, for combi, Glad that he stood in there and just we played the whole game, I guess. But, you know, we, we this this back half of the schedule for Texas Tech is tough and uh, it's not easy for combi. I'm not going to hold it against him, but certainly I think you take this game and go, OK, wh- what we have going forward, we can kind of we should just play around with some other things like we should play around with who's at quarterback. We should play around with kind of like the defensive structure we're doing here. Something right, because you got
0: nothing to lose. I mean, nobody's expecting you to get bowl eligibility, even though you're one away. You got nothing to lose. <laughs> I here. think it's shame on shame on us for like getting our hopes up in this game, right? Like, who who are we thinking? We haven't beat Oklahoma in so long. Like, why why did we try and get up for this game as Tears. fans? You know, um, uh, that the outrage after this game is kind of silly. I mean, it's Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, and and we have a brand new coach. Like, what were you expecting? I, I, I guess we were expecting us to cover, which we were wrong. um but uh, yeah, I just I, I don't read a lot into it. I think yeah, maybe it is time to evaluate what you have at quarterback other elsewhere from Henry clubby. I hope he's healthy though I, I haven't really looked into that. um well I was about to ask I was about
2: to ask if you think he is still hurt because I wasn't sure he did get hurt and that's why donovan Smith came in for the rest of the game. Uh, but i was curious if if we weren't in the position we are in if donovan smith would have stayed for the rest of the game like I, I you know i was really curious if it was one of those situations where if kendrick columbia is truly injured or if it was a you know this is a great time for us to see how donovan smith looks and keep I him in the rest I think it was
0: probably a little bit of both you know like they were thinking about <laughs> yeah. it already i'm sure you know they were probably thinking about it going into the week um well, I bet what they're really thinking about doing was waiting until after Oklahoma having a bye week and giving him two weeks to prepare as the starter, which I think he'll probably have going forward.
2: So what do y'all think about Donovan Smith? He came in. So basically, Donovan Smith uh, came in, what, in the second quarter uh, and played. I think he, well, I'll say this. I think he played pretty well, pretty, played pretty uh, efficient, uh, 17 for 22 on the day. What, liked what I saw. We saw some some quarterback runs. So even when the the when the uh, pocket broke down, he was able to do some things. And that touchdown pass, not too shabby. Not too I mean, shabby. That play and JJ
0: Sparkman did a lot of the work there, right? He did. No, absolutely, he did. <laughs> yeah, but Sparkman.
2: I'll, I'll say this: D- Donovan Smith. I, I can't be too mad at it. I thought he played well. Jeremy, what did you think about Donovan Smith's play? Uh,
1: serviceable. Uh, is the worst thing we could say about it. I think he came in and played really well. Um, outside of that one interception, um, which was you know a, uh, a, a, eh, you know, little bit of here, a little bit there. It was an interception at the end of the day. I think he played really well. The game showed really good game sense. Norman is a tough place to play, especially you're playing top four team in the country, and he steps in there, uh, has confidence, runs the playbook, has good passes, has good awareness, doesn't like commit very selfish mistakes or anything like that. You know, I I think when you're stepping into a situation where the backup is now, and now you're getting a chance to come in and be like, maybe I can be, you know, QB one going forward. I gotta, I gotta come out here and shine. I, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks get in that situation and then try to play too much. Uh, put too much into it and then make silly mistakes. I don't think Donovan Smith showed any of that, so I'm very comfortable with him under center. I am like, you know what? If Columbia is hurt and, or if, you know he's just out of form, he certainly didn't look that great early on. Why not? Why not put Donovan Smith in? Like Dylan said, we got a bye week coming up. Be a great opportunity to get him a lot of extra reps with team one, like uh, first team, and then to go into that next game with a little bit more in his arsenal, so to speak.
2: Yeah, but don't I forget mean,
1: who's coming back. Tyler Shuck is
2: supp- potentially supposed to be coming back out for the bye week. So that's, we're, we're back, right? Quarterback competition is back once again. Um, between at least between those three, you know, another name I, people are going to keep saying it is Baron Martin. I, I, to, to be honest, if I'm speaking candidly from me, I don't need to see Baron Martin. He's he's an 18 year old kid. Uh, let's like we he doesn't have to play people we have three the coaching staff has felt pretty well about the three quarterbacks ahead of him um, and they're ahead of him for a reason and I think all three of them have looked good throughout the season I, I don't think quarterbacks are a problem it, depending on I mean what, what I I don't know what people expect Baron Morton to to be like but yeah uh, they're just looking for our, the savior I guess so but our quarterbacks haven't really been been the issue I I was yeah Henry Cumbie played pretty bad last week uh, or against Kansas State outside of that bad performance against from Henry Columbia we really haven't seen too bad of a quarterback play this year. So I am okay with not seeing Baron Morton, but I do, I do find it interesting with Chuck potentially coming back. I don't know how, how hard Columbia is, but let's say if he's healthy and we have a Smith. I don't know who starts. next Chuck. game. It'll be interesting. Is it Chuck yeah. off top? No, no question. Yeah.
0: You don't want to see Donovan Smith. No, it's not that I don't want to. It's Sonny. Cumbies auditioning for the job. He's going to play the best quarterback that gives him a chance to win. He's trying to get ball eligibility. He's trying to give us something.
2: That's actually funny enough. Cumbie is one name we did not talk about. We were talking about potential coaches. <laughs> there's, there's a shot. We keep we're striking out on some player, people. There's a shot there. Um, I actually think it's going to be Donovan Smith. I think Donovan Smith is going to be the starter when we play uh, here in a couple weeks against uh, those at Iowa State. Even camp. if Shuck is uh, healthy, I, I think Shuck remains hurt in two weeks. <laughs> I've, you know, I know people didn't see me, but I put up uh, air quotes. I think Shuck remains hurt in two weeks, and Donovan Smith gets to start. What do you think, Jeremy? Why do
1: you, well, why do you why do you think? It, I think they, I think they,
2: system? I think they continually look and find a different spark. I mean, another thing is that Tyler Shuck hasn't played in a long time, and he's coming off with a collarbone injury. That is a tough thing to play with. I think Donovan Smith, the way he played against Oklahoma, it was very similar, in my opinion, to how Columbia played against Texas when we were being blown out. Right, Columbia, Columbia had those three touchdowns against Texas. He gave us something going for in the second half, and that's how I felt about Donovan Smith. He gave us something, and I think he gives us a pretty decent shot at putting up competition against Iowa State in a couple of weeks. Who we Shuck? We haven't seen him since the FIU game or since the Texas game. Like that's been it's been a long time since the Texas game. I just I think for the coaching staff, you go with a little bit of a more a proven commodity or what we've recently seen. Give him two weeks to 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 be ready and have Shuck and Columbia quote unquote hurt.
1: Yeah, I think that's yes. Very good. Very smart idea, Albie. Um I just it's it's fascinating to me that we haven't heard anything really, at least mainstream, about kind of Shuck's rehab process with his injury or anything like that. I don't know if you guys have more insight on that, but uh it's just kind of remained in the side because there's so much going on, right? Between, you know, Columbia and Smith, I think people are just like Okay, Shuck's hurt. I don't know when he's coming back. Even, even you know, nobody's like concerned about it, right? And especially with the way like we talked about, Smith stepped into the OU game and played with some swagger and some confidence and had a serviceable game. Yeah, I'd love to see. For me personally, yes, absolutely. He's got the hot hand. He finished the game strong. Put him in with uh, first team. Let's see how he does with full preparation and all of that. And honestly, he may be. A really good fit like uh, he may be a really good fit for to get this one more win on this schedule Uh, so why not yeah for me don't put morton in i don't know why people are just uh, tech fans man y'all wear me out sometimes uh (laughs) for so many reasons don't put him in yet uh if shucks back yeah collarbone injuries are nuts it's nuts it's been a while can't speak on his physicality or like the rehab process or anything like that feels like a lot to jump into um Just to go back, okay, I'm QB1 again. Like, yeah, he hasn't thrown the ball like that in a while. No. So, I think all roads point to Donovan Smith going forward. And then if he's garbage, we'll figure it out then, you know? There's like (laughs) nothing to lose at this point in the season. Yeah,
2: else we got to lose. So, uh, let's talk about some other offensive players that play decently in this game. Uh, Really not much to talk on, but Eric Izukama, he's back. He's back, played a really good game. Really good. Dude, that, that one touchdown he had uh, in the first quarter where he just mossed two Oklahoma de- uh, DBs. Oh, boy. Play.
0: That boy easy as bad. Henry Columbia knew exactly who, where he was going. As soon as he, like, that was a one read, and that read was double coverage. I don't care.
2: <laughs> F it. Ezukama's out there somewhere.
0: Yeah. He, he's
1: got <laughs> That's- it. That's the play. That's the play.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, man. He played great. Um, uh, JJ Sparkman had that great catch. He also had a really, uh, uh, like literally the play before. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, Smith got his hand hit, but the ball was wobbly. But it also literally hit Sparkman in the hand, uh, and he dropped it. He kind of had up and down. His game, touchdown outside of his his prom-
0: touchdown was on. Go ahead, go ahead. You got Moss this morning, though. Oh, yeah, was, it was it JJ Sparkman's? Yep.
2: Nice, nice. Um, so, anyway, so, that outside of that, not really much to talk on. We didn't, it's funny enough, we were talking in the preview pod about how Cumbie managed to go out there and chuck it 40 times. Well, he chucked it 34 times, and uh, <laughs> uh, not a lot of running in this game. Uh, Sir Roger Thompson and Todd Brooks combined for 11 carries. Xavier White got 10 carries in this game for some weird reason. Um. So not a lot of not really a lot to talk about in the run game wasn't Oklahoma defense played pretty well stuff in the run and Sonny Cumby also didn't give him much to to really worry about from that aspect.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I, I think that's a major difference between Cumby and Wells is that when Cumby saw it wasn't working, he didn't try to force the issue. Which for me, I think with the run game, that's something you have to do. You have to be like willing to just continue to go after it because you're going to wear down that defense. Uh, and especially if you just decide to abandon the run, then they don't really have to worry about. Okay, they're probably not going to run. Back the back our DBs up, and let's try to get some turnovers or something here. Uh, we'll have a little bit more uh, room, wiggle room yeah, that way. well,
0: but yeah, kind of a kind of a. Bummer. When you're down, you know, what were we down for? Twenty-eight to zero at half. 10, 27. Seven. Come on now you uh 28-7. easy you, you can oh come okay, on. that's right 27 <laughs> uh but it, either way like you, you kind of lose your your ability to establish the run at that point that's sure
2: that's a very good point so let's switch over to the other side of the ball uh the defense did give up 52 points and they did give up two scores every quarter um is there any positives to come out from that I, actually my positive is Oddly enough, not the worst performance of the year. <laughs> That's good. I don't. I don't know. I was to say. I will say this in the preview pod, and it's my it's my bad. In the preview pod, I said the Texas Tech should test Caleb Williams and how and the Oklahoma passing game. My bad. <laughs> my bad is they tested it. Sonny come Talking and listen to the
1: reality. pod. How <laughs> many yards did Caleb put up? Let's oh just my look at goodness. that. She
2: Williams, 402 yards, six touchdowns. They tested it. They said, Ah, oh. Sonny Cumbie listens to the pot, obviously, and was like, You know what, Albie, you are right. Let's test them. Let's go out for the run because the run defense is pretty good. Kennedy Brooks did not have a good game in this one. but they, they sold out for the run and got burnt. The secondary looked like the old tech secondary of the past. Worst game of the season for the secondary, for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know what, I take that. That's my, that's my bad, everybody. It's my bad.
0: <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> this was uh, oh this goodness. is the first time you just saw our defense. Look out, man! You know, just just totally they they you you know usually there's some like redeeming points for this defense. Oh, you know maybe we stopped the run or no? They they they, they weren't able to do much of anything in this one.
2: No, it's it's always bad when your three leading tacklers are three DBs. That does not. To give you a uh, good news whatsoever, and yeah, this was uh, nobody played well in the secondary in this game. Demarcus Fields got got ran on. De'Aaron Taylor Demerson got ran on. Rashad Williams got ran on. It was nobody played in the secondary. Played well in this game. Um, it was bad.
0: Who was on the right side number eight? <laughs> I can't remember his name, but they they tested him a lot. Well, I, Malik Dunlap? They tested him a lot, and uh, he did not uh, meet the test.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's it was it was pretty pretty disappointing. But I mean, again, you're dealing with the mind of Lincoln Riley, you're dealing with the talent of Caleb Williams. Um, we were hoping that they would stay conservative like they did against Kansas, and they would, you know, try to try to run the ball a little bit more, and and that was that was the reason for it, but. No, Caleb Williams, his confidence is back, baby. And even Spencer Rattler came in on one drive and drove him all the way home, and, and uh, his teammates loved it. So can you come up with the defensive player of the game in this one, Dylan?
0: Mm, uh DeAndre and Taylor Demerson had a, a pretty nasty hit. It's the only thing I can think of. Just, so,
2: That's what gets him player yeah. of the game? He had one good tackle? Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sheesh. Jeremy, do you have a player of the game?
1: No. I, I don't, man. I just don't like. I, Even the Texas some, game,
2: you had a player of the game on defense. There were Come some. On, I man. had a lot
1: more. I had a lot more hope when we were lost <laughs> to Texas. There was only one loss on the season. um We're about to be five hundred, uh, and way under that in conference. No, I think that there was a lot of moments throughout the game where people had good plays. I think there were a lot of good tackles across the board. Um, but that was always matched with getting burnt. And so I think if you're gonna get burnt, it's just no, not for me.
2: <laughs> uh Rico was okay. Rico played decently, you know. He was he was there. Uh Tyree Wilson got a sack, so shout out to him.
1: Shout out to Tyree uh, Wilson. <laughs> stepping up. Yeah. The the one time <laughs> we got oh, pressure in the backfield.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so offense, who's your player? Well, I guess for offense, is it Eric Azucanma for yep. all of us?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's it's nobody else. It's I'll say be. this.
2: Donovan Smith played well enough to where he is my number two in that one. I think he he played a pretty decent game, but the only one who played a good game on both sides of the ball, like Eric, Eric Uh This sounds like the SFA recap all over again, uh, but that's it is what it is. So, Oh, man, what a week in the Big 12. Um, Games happened. Oklahoma State beat the hell out of Kansas. Uh, Baylor come from behind victory against Texas because Texas can't hold a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, West Virginia beat Iowa State at home. That was pretty impressive. And then Kansas State was the Grim Reaper once again, and they were the one that had uh, Gary Patterson going outside. And every week I see TCU, and I'm like, how the hell did Texas Tech let this team mollywop them at home? Pretty embarrassing. Any any highlights from the weekend that you want to that uh, you want to highlight? Uh,
0: well, I, I almost want to go back to the the Texas Tech game because we failed to talk about one thing. I, I brought it up in the very beginning of the podcast, but the halftime situation. Oh, my goodness. The fact that we couldn't score going into half, and Jonathan Garabay oh was running God. out and throwing his helmet yeah. on.
1: Oh, my God. Wow, I
0: forgot I blacked oh, that black belt. Oh, why
1: would you bring because that we, up? We had, we had <laughs> oh. totally forgot. I mean, <laughs> what the hell was that
0: game management? What was yeah. that?
1: Oh, why, wow. You, you have was, to throw it out
0: why did... the back of the end zone. You know, that's the only place to throw yeah. that ball. I like, think pass wor- in the middle.
2: <laughs> I think that's was what's worse about all that. What's worse about all that? There was a timeout right before that third down. So, like, that's not even like I, I understand Donovan Smith's a retro freshman. He's young, all that other stuff. There was a timeout right before. You go through every scenario with your, with your, because at that point, once you throw the ball in the middle of the field, forget the field goal. You, you do another play. I mean, you, you don't have time to get a field goal unit out there at that point. You talk to your guy and you say, look, no matter what, you don't take a sack. You don't throw the ball in the middle of the field. All receivers run out of bounds, and that's it. Hell, we Tech would have been better off dropping the dropping the pass. Don't complete it. I, I can't remember who the receiver was that caught it, but don't uh, complete it. Like I can't blame it on the receiver. Oh, the
0: ball's coming your way, you know.
2: I, I get that, but it's just. Woo, buddy. That is, oh, my God. I, I
0: will say this. And the kicker wasn't even out there, man. I'll They're
1: say all this. all waiting, and he's running on the
2: field. So. Remember Matt Wells had the same situation happen to him at the end of the West Virginia first half? He was able to get his guys out there. I told him, I was at the West Virginia game. I saw he had his kicker, his holder, and his uh, uh long snapper beside him, ready to go in the second that third down was done for them to go out there and kick the field goal. They were ready. Uh. We miss Matt Wells. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we, <you> know. <laughs> that guy too.
2: Lounging around his $7 million uh, that he received from his buyout. Um, but uh, yeah, you had to bring up sore, sore wounds there. Um, so we have ran pretty, I mean, you know, nice, nice lengthy pot here, guys. So that's all we got. Dylan, anything else you want to say to the people?
0: Um, leave us a review on a good old Apple Podcasts. We, we could use some updated reviews from the actual tortillas and takes days. I think most of them are probably from the formerly known as Air Raid podcast days. So if you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. Smash that subscribe button. Let's uh, We'll get through these next couple of weeks together. Basketball pods coming up we next week during bye week.
2: That's true. That's true. Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people?
1: Three games left. One game to bowl eligibility. If West Virginia can beat Iowa State, maybe we can too. That's true.
2: That's true. Speaking of Iowa State, a little preview to what I'm going to say in, a, in, here in about a week and a half. Um, Texas Tech will be coming off a of bye week with a potentially a new quarterback. Iowa State is in the ultimate trap game week before Oklahoma. We're at home. I'm just throwing it out there. I know we do not have good success against Iowa State. But there's a shot. There's a chance there. I'm just I'm just saying that. Um like Dylan said, basketball week is here. We are going to be doing ba- we're going to have a pod every day this week. This is this pod is coming out Monday. Uh we're going to have a pod every day this week. Basketball. We're going to have a primetime guest to talk about the Big 12 conference. We're also going to have Tease a the guest, Shahan, to CBS
0: Sports. Big deal.
2: Okay, I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. Shahan Shahan uh, right? Major network
0: people. Yeah, That's right. right. We we tease about friends of the pod, but an actual (laughs) friend of the pod.
2: Yeah, Hey, from from here it's possible (laughs) because after our pod, he was on it for the football preview, he got promoted to CBS Sports. I'm going to just throw that out. If
1: you want to get promoted up in sports media, come on to the Tortillas It Takes podcast and show your grit. That's right. That's right. We'll get you there. Um,
2: so we we have him coming on. We're gonna have also have an episode dedicated to uh the women's team, the women's basketball team. They're they're in due for a pretty big year considering everything that happened last year. Um, and then of course the men's team. Pretty big year for them considering everything that happened la- this offseason. So um for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, for Jeremy, this is Albi. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people